Hey guys, so yesterday in class we went through the first four amendments. We made it to the uh, we made it up to the fifth amendment. That's where we stopped. So that's what we're going to pick up with this. And I know this isn't the best way to talk at you. Uh, and just some of the stuff we normally would do with the Bill of Rights um, in class, like face to face, if we were all here together live. Just, I don't think it would work digitally. So um, I just kind of want to get this information to you, uh, let you. You know, do with it what you will. I do think it's all important because these are your civil liberties. So I, I hope you can pay attention um, and, and kind of grind through uh, the last little bit of the amendments here, the first 10 amendments anyways. Um, so, yeah, let's finish those up today. All right. So the Fifth Amendment, we left off with the fourth. We finished that up, the search and seizure stuff. So that's kind of the precursor to the fifth, obviously, before it becomes five. But as far as in criminal proceedings. So you've been stopped. You know, you've been searched. Now what? And so you've been arrested, possibly. Uh, and what's the next step? So the Fifth Amendment happens. All right. And the Fifth Amendment has a couple of things uh, that are contained in there for you. Uh, first off uh, is a grand jury. All right. Now, a grand jury is not going to be your trial. It is going to be kind of a pretrial. And it's not going to be where you take the stand and you're on defense and things like that. Uh, a grand jury trial is where the prosecution is going to present their case basically to a jury. And that jury is going to give them kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down. Hey, this is a good case. I think you can get a guilty conviction or not. Nah, you know what? That is just not enough evidence. That's pretty weak. We would not convict. And the prosecution you know, might have to uh, think about either finding more evidence or maybe if it's if it's that if it's so weak, uh, maybe they even think about dropping the charges. So a lot of things can happen to the grand jury. Now I will say this: typically, the grand jury today is more or less going to say, "Yeah, go ahead," uh, because most of the prosecutors they're not going to take a, a weak case to the grand jury. All right, they're not going to. Uh, oh well, you know, this blind person said they saw him uh, at the scene. That's our star witness. Convicted. You know, that, that's not going to cut it. So uh, they really only take the strong cases to the grand jury. Uh, so most of the time, the grand jury is going to come back with a thumbs up. So go ahead. All right. Next up is double jeopardy. And double jeopardy is where you can't be charged with the same crime twice. So if you are charged with murder, all right, and then you are found not guilty, <clears throat> excuse me, um, then they the the government cannot continue to charge you they can't it, it basically is going to keep the the government the prosecution from just trying you over and over and over again until they get a conviction that they like all right so for example uh you know oj simpson out in california back in the 90s he was charged with murder and the state of california tried him and they found him not guilty so he can't be charged with those two murders again unless they come up with some you know, new evidence or something like that. Now, he was sued on the civil side. I won't talk about the civil side in just a little bit. But uh, he was sued there, and he was found guilty there. So that can happen. All right? So you can have a criminal thing and a civil thing. You can also be charged you know, with the same crime at different levels. So uh, going back to California for a second, and in the 90s again, you had uh, Rodney King incident. Y'all are way too young to probably remember it. I don't know if y'all get to it in U.S. history. I'll talk about it. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, 
five, I think it was, police officers in uh, L.A. They um, they beat Rodney King, and they were charged in, in the, the city, whatever, uh, the state level, and they were found not guilty. Well, the federal government came in and said, we're going to charge them too. And so they tried them for the same crime. So they had gotten off at the state level, the local level, and they were all, hey, we're done. And then they were found, uh, and they were charged by the, the federal level. So that can happen, all right? But double jeopardy is to protect you from being charged by the same entity multiple times for a crime, all right? Self-incrimination, this is going to be where you don't have to testify against yourself. It's pretty simple. Um, you uh, probably shouldn't take the stand in this situation. So if your lawyer says, hey, get up there and just plead the fifth, like they do in the TV shows and movies, just plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth, that's probably not the best idea because then you're going to look guilty. So your best bet is just to say, hey, I plead the fifth, and I'm not going to take the stand. And just don't ever get up there, all right? Because uh, if you plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth, yeah, that's going to send up some red flags saying, well, maybe this person did do something, all right? Um, so if your lawyer tries to tell you, oh, just get up there and plead the fifth, uh, maybe fire him. All right. Now, this is also kind of the basis of a famous case that y'all you, you probably know. You don't have to know. It's not a required case for us, but the Miranda versus Arizona case, the whole, you know, plead the fifth. You don't have to talk to the police, things like that. Um, you don't have to incriminate yourself. And so you know, Miranda was uh, picked up for and charged with rape. Uh, he was interrogated by the police. He eventually admitted to it uh, upon interrogation. And I uh, was found guilty. Well, his appeal was based on the fact that I didn't know I didn't have to talk to the police. I didn't know I didn't. I didn't know I had the right to be quiet and not you know, self-incriminate myself. And so he got a new trial based on that. He was still found guilty. All right. So they had enough evidence against him to find him guilty the second time around. But you know, the bottom line is you don't have to. to you're, you can't be forced to, to talk. And that's why I said uh, in class that just don't you know be quiet. Right. So if you are uh, ever picked up by the police, your best bet uh, is to just you know, if you've done something, best bet is not to do anything. But if you've done something, uh, just you know, be quiet. Say, hey, I want a lawyer and be done. All right. Until your lawyer gets there, uh, even if you can't afford one. You know, I, I, I wouldn't know who to call. I would just I would hopefully I've never in this situation, but I would just uh, say, hey, give me a lawyer, please. And then I would just. Be quiet. Put that down. Drag it to sleep or something. <laughs> I doubt that would work, but uh, don't talk. All right. Until you get a lawyer there. Uh, due process is next up. So due process, this is just all the stuff that comes with basically being arrested. So uh, they're not going to throw you in a hole and forget about you for 20 years. All right. So you're going to have the right. <clears throat> if they're going to take away your life, liberty, property. All right. Pursue happiness, those things. Uh, your natural rights, they have to give you due process. So. They have to give you the right to see a judge. They have to give you, um, you know, uh, a lawyer and things like that. So all the stuff that just comes with your rights as an accused person uh, is what due process means. All right. So you're going to get uh, all those things. Um, yeah, if you're arrested, you're going to see a judge within 24 hours, probably 48 hours, maybe on the weekend. But you're going to get that. All right. Uh, eminent domain kind of randomly fits, fits into the Fifth Amendment. And this is basically pretty simple where the, the government, and it can happen at any level, federal, state, or local, could possibly take your 
take your property. Now I say take, they're going to pay you for it. All right. So they're not going to just come in and say, Hey, I like that, that house. It looks pretty good. Let me get that thing. All right. Uh, they're going to have to pay you for it. It's going to have to be legit government reasons. They can't just, you know, oh, I need a vacation home. Let me go get their, their place. Um, so, Hey, we're, we're widening a road. We need 10 foot of your, your road front property. We'll pay you $30,000 for it or whatever it might be. All right. And you can challenge it. You can counter offer and all that. You can, you know, you can try to haggle with them. Uh, at the end of the day, if they really want it, they really need it. They'll probably end up, you know, with it. Um, so you just have to decide how much is, is the haggling worth and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, people have taken the, the government to court and won uh, where they you kept, got to keep their property. So that can happen to it. It, it, it does happen. Um, but, you know, it just you have to, to weigh how much is it worth for you to, to fight. All right. Uh, all right. The Sixth Amendment. More stuff. And this is kind of uh, so while the Fifth Amendment is kind of uh, on the way to trial, the Sixth Amendment is trial. Uh, so you have the right to a speedy and public trial. So uh, you're not going to you know, you're going to get a court date. Uh, like I said, from the Fifth Amendment, you're going to see a lawyer. I mean, not a lawyer, but a judge within 24 hours, 48 hours. And they're going to, to either say, hey, yeah, this person needs to stay in jail. This person can bond out, whatever it might be. Already, uh, and you'll get a court date set. So the uh, the speedy and public trial is that you're going not going to sit in jail for two years before your trial. All right, and it's also not going to be held in the judge's basement with no one there, but you and the prosecution. All right, uh, you're going to have all the stuff that's going to be out. You know, we didn't like the British taking us back to England for trials and things like that, where we might never be seen from again. So this is why this is in there. Uh, you're also going to have a right to a jury of your peers. So, um, you know, the, the, the county, the city, the area that you commit your crime in, uh, you're going to, to have that right to have a, a jury of six or 12 people uh, come in and hear your trial, listen to the evidence, and they'll be the ones that will um, decide. All right. Uh, what's going to happen? Are you guilty, not guilty and things like that? So it's kind of an independent uh, council almost that's going to, to hear your stuff and make a decision on, on your your fate. Uh, informed of charges. They have to let you know what you're being charged with. Uh, now, you know, you see some of these viral videos and people are like, well, what am I being charged? With? They don't have to tell you right away. All right. So don't and, and don't get too far. You're going to find out your charges eventually uh, and what you're being charged with. And it, 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 it's frustrating. I can imagine. Um, but, you know, it, it shouldn't be the the big, the you know, to, that sets you off and, and get you in, in more trouble. So uh, they're going to eventually tell you what it, they have to tell you what it is. If don't, if they don't, you know, they're not saying they have to tell you as they put the handcuffs on you. But at some point, you know, when you're being booked or something like that, they're going to let you know what you're being charged with. So, uh, you know, uh, don't let that be the, the, the point that gets you so fired up that you get in more trouble. Uh, confront witnesses. So when we say confront, it's not like you get to yell and scream at them, but you get to know who's witnessing against you. All right. Um, they will uh, be there uh, and you'll get to see who's who's going to be a witness against you. There are some cases, maybe in like a child abuse case or something like that, where they'll let the witness uh, the child instead of having to confront their, the person they're accusing, uh, they might let them video their, their responses or something like that. So there are some cases where uh, you might not actually get to 
physically in the same room with people that are being a witness against you. But uh, you're going to know who the witnesses are. Uh, lawyer, you have a right to a lawyer. Now, it used to be that you only had the right to a lawyer with a felony case. And then this case that you have to have to know, Gideon versus Wainwright happened. Right, Gideon versus Wainwright um, is the case where Gideon was accused of some kind of misdemeanor crime. He, he broke into a, or not, he broke, uh, he was accused of breaking into a pool hall or something like that, robbing the place. And uh, you know he wanted a lawyer, but it was just a misdemeanor. And at the time, they didn't give lawyers uh, to people for misdemeanors. So he went to trial, was found guilty. Uh, probably had he had a lawyer, he would have been able to get off because uh, the witnesses against him were were pretty. Uh, shaky. And uh, so he's going to appeal to the Supreme Court. Of, no, I shouldn't say appeal to the Supreme Court. He's going to appeal all the way up to the Supreme Court. It took a little bit of time to get there. Uh, and eventually the Supreme Court will say, you know what, you're right. Uh, everybody, no matter what the crime, misdemeanor or felony, are going to get a lawyer. So that's why I say from the Fifth Amendment and your self-incrimination thing, don't talk. Just ask for a lawyer. They're going to get you one. Even if you plan on um, Good morning. getting a lawyer. Welcome back to all of our students. So, sorry about that. You probably heard the morning announcement there. Uh, I'm a little bit slacking when doing this in the morning. Um, anyway, so, so you're going to get that lawyer, okay? Uh, and, yeah, there we go. All right, the Seventh Amendment is pretty quick and easy. Uh, it's just uh, with civil suits, uh, over $20, you have a right to a jury trial, all right? Uh, so civil suits are those where it's you versus someone else. So, um, you know, if... Uh, a tree from my yard falls into your yard and breaks your fence. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay for that. Then you might sue me. All right. Um, if you'll remind me in class, I'll tell you the story about my dad's estate being sued by a guy uh, who had a fake note. Uh, I'm not going to waste your time uh, on this podcast telling the story. Um, but uh, if you'll remind me in class, I'll try and tell you. All right. Next up is the Eighth Amendment. And the Eighth Amendment deals with excessive bail, cruel and unusual punishment. It's famous for, you know, being the one that deals with the death penalty. Alrighty. So the excessive bail thing is, you know, bail you can bond out of, of jail sometimes if uh, the judges offer you that option. So if you you know, steal uh, a big queue from Quick Trip, uh, they're not going to set your bail at a million dollars, right? You know, this is going to be a reasonable amount for it's going to fit the crime. Uh, kind of the same deal with cruel and unusual punishment. If you steal that big queue, and you're convicted of it, they're not going to put you in jail for 25 years. That really wouldn't fit the crime. So they're going to you know, set the, the punishment for these crimes uh, at a reasonable level for the level of the crime. And that's where you get into the misdemeanors and the uh, felonies and, and all those different levels. All right. Now, obviously, the death penalty is a, an issue with uh, cruel and unusual punishment. And uh, you know, it is legal. And it has been declared constitutional. And it's up to the states. So it varies from state to state who's going to get, uh, who's going to have the death penalty. And um, Georgia is a death penalty state. Most of the, the Deep South is a uh, death penalty state. There are some places um, that are not. Uh, and so it just varies from place to place. There's actually two Georgia cases that um, that dealt with the death penalty back in the 70s. One kind of put a, I don't want to say put a stop to it, but put a hold on it, a mortuarium on it. And then the other one, uh, they decided, you know what, it is It is constitutional. And that was Greg versus Georgia and Herman versus Georgia, right? Both of them, uh, the, the people were given the death penalty and they appealed and the Supreme Court put a hold on, on the death penalty for a while. So it kind of stopped the death penalty around the, the country for a while. And then uh, the next one, they decided, you know what, it is constitutional. 
All right. All right. Last two for us is the Ninth Amendment and the Tenth Amendment. And they're similar. They just deal with different different groups. All right. So the Ninth Amendment deals with citizens. So me and you. Uh, and all it means or all it says is that there are things that we are allowed to do that are not spelled out in the Constitution. So just because the Constitution doesn't specifically say something uh, doesn't mean we can't do it. And we're probably able to do it. So the Constitution doesn't say anything about being able to travel abroad. You know, to go out of the country or even travel from state to state. But we're allowed to do it, right? Because that's just kind of a, a right of it as a citizen. So that's where the Ninth Amendment kicks in. Uh, and it's also been used in the right to privacy thing uh, with the whole uh, abortion case from Roe versus Wade. So the Fourth Amendment and the Ninth Amendment play a role uh, in the, that case. All right. But the Ninth Amendment is just simple. You know, hey, just because the Constitution doesn't say citizens can't do it doesn't mean they can't do it. And then the Tenth Amendment is kind of the same way uh, for the states. So remember, the states had given up all their power. They had given up a ton of power um, with this new Constitution. And so they wanted some kind of assurances that they weren't going to lose everything. And so they um, put in here that as long as the Constitution doesn't specifically deny it, it's typically going to be left to the states. So, um, you know, the Constitution specifically denies states the, the power to, to print money. So they can't print up money there. There's not going to be any Georgia dollar bills floating around. Alrighty. Uh, but it does allow them to make some other decisions. And this is why, you know, this is why it's a state by state basis on how they've dealt with this whole COVID thing, because a lot of the powers are left to the states to decide what to do. Um, the, another example is state flags. Yeah. And I, the only reason I bring this up is because Mississippi had a, a dust up this summer about their state flag and the Confederate flag being on it. And so, you know, each, each state gets to decide what they're going to put on their flag. And I think, I don't know what, I think Mississippi finally decided to, to take the Confederate flag off their state flag, but that was their, their decision. All right, guys. Uh, so that is that. Um, so take a listen to this. Hopefully it's not too painful for you. And uh, that'll be our asynchronous day. Um, so tomorrow we will go over uh, and get started with federalism probably. And then on Friday, a quiz will open up for a checkpoint. So we'll go, it'll be over chapters one and two. Uh, the intro stuff and the constitution stuff and then that'll be it all right guys that bell tells me it's time to go bye-bye